a trusted voice of truth and light. The narratives that mislead most of us aren't outright lies. They're the deliberate omission of facts that could give us a more complete picture. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. The world needs your leadership, and the essence of leadership is using your influence wisely wherever you happen to be standing. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, once again, we welcome you to the show, and a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Firesteel.com, as well as the Staples-Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. I have uh, Eric Peters joining me once again. Eric, how are you today, my fellow wrong thinker? Wrong thinkful as ever and undiapered as ever. You have had, uh, you've been actually a very great source of the diaper report, which you do on a regular basis. But yeah. you've also kept us surprised of a situation that, that's developed in your hometown where the coffee mm-hmm. shop, which you attended without any incident to early on in this pandemic, has uh, essentially told you you can't come in here if you are unwilling to wear the mask. Yeah, it's a microcosm of what's going on right now, which is a combination of both hysteria and cynicism. Um, I stood by my coffee shop during the height of the lockdown when uh, none but the uh, essentials were supposed to be out of their houses for any reason whatsoever. Um, Being a journalist, of course, I'm not considered essential, but that's why I felt it was essential to get out and about to make the point. And I went to that coffee shop every single day, just about, during that lockdown, and was the only person there, and I supported them to the extent that I could. And granted, my, you know, my five or ten bucks wasn't going to keep their doors open, but I was trying to help them sort of you know, maintain the faith and understand that there were people who were willing to help them. And during all of this time, and this was the time period, uh, the initial two million are going to die period, uh, when we really didn't know how much of a threat the Wu flu was going to be. And during that time, there was no diaper decree. The people inside the, uh, the place weren't wearing the diaper. The owner wasn't wearing a diaper, and they certainly didn't ask me to. All of a sudden, about two, three weeks ago, as a result of all this fear porn, the cases, the cases, uh, they began to really get heavy and pressury about the diaper. And uh, eventually, they announced to me that they would no longer serve me unless I put on the diaper. And since I'm not wearing a burqa and I'm also not going to put on a saffron skirt and shave my head and dance around with a tambourine, <laughs> I refuse to do it. So I think they did it not because they think that uh, I'm a, a separating leper. I think they did it because some Corona Karen or, or Kevin called to complain about the sight of an undiapered and they caved in out of fear of being hassled by uh, the regulatory Gesundheitsführers who would descend on them so they took that stance, and I took my business elsewhere, and I am now going to another undisclosed location whose name I will not mention for the obvious reasons, uh, where one can still sit and, and get a cup of coffee without having to put on the saffron skirt, shave the head, or the diaper, and dance around with a tambourine. As disturbing as the mask itself is, what you described of all those, uh, those Karens and Kyles out there who are just aching for a chance to feel important yep. and to rat somebody out, I've seen mm-hmm. video after video pop up. I'm sure you've seen them as well. And, and it is some of the most inhumane treatment of your fellow human beings, like a, a middle-aged woman leaning down to little kids and telling them, I hope you get COVID and die because they're that. not wearing masks. Yeah. And what they're doing by this, which is an extraordinarily malevolent thing, by having uh, PTSD millions of Americans to this state of fear-laden hysteria, uh, instead of turning against our common enemy, which are the peddlers of this fear, the imposers of the lockdown and all of that, 
uh, they're turning us one against the other. The people who uh, are diapered are terrified of the undiapered and are actually now attacking them. I saw a video that was making the rounds the other day about, uh, that showed two guys sitting outside having a, I think they were eating uh, hoagies, and they were assaulted by a, a woman in a diaper and her boyfriend who started to berate them. And these guys handled it very well. They were calm, and they said, look, you know, just mind your own business. Go away which made the diapered woman even more angry, and she actually threw a hot cup of coffee at one of the guys and hit him with it, whereupon the guy, of course, did the understandable thing and pummeled them. And that's, you know, that's, what's, that's, that's, the, that's the situation that's developing now. We're going to start tearing each other apart over this stuff. Sad stuff, and yet the fear that you mentioned is being pumped at us 24-7 through all the usual delivery systems. You mentioned the cases, and, and there's a point you yeah. make in, in your latest diaper report that when, when they report the cases to us, well, there's 5,000 new cases today, mm-hmm. what are we supposed to make of that? What's the intention of telling us the cases without well, something to back it up and say, and this is what that means? Mm-hmm. Well, it's what's not being said, I think, that is the relevant point here. And what's not being said is how many people are dying, which, of course, isn't many. You notice they've shifted gears, and now all they talk about is the cases, the cases, whereas three, four months ago they were having the daily body count, the hourly body count even. But it doesn't suit the narrative anymore because not that many people have died of this thing. You're talking about, I think, acclaimed, and that can be parsed for <laughs> on a variety of uh, levels, 150,000 people over the course of roughly six months out of a population of 330 million people. That's hardly a, a black death crisis. So they can't talk about that anymore. So instead, they talk about the cases, the cases to terrify people and to ramp up the, the fear in order to justify this diapering of everybody, which is it's a, it's a, a horrific thing on, on many levels. You and I talked off the air briefly about one of them, which is that by forcing people to wear the diaper, they are in effect coercing speech. Because when you put that thing on and are seen outside in public, it's assumed that you're fearful of the virus, that you believe everything that they're saying uh, about all of this. It's creating this, this impression of unanimity about the narrative, which, of course, is false. If the diaper mandates weren't around, lots of people would be out and about reasonably with their faces uncovered. And that would make the people who are wearing the diaper look like the fear-laden neurotics that they are. Well, and and sadly, it makes those who don't buy into what you call the sickness psychosis look like the odd person out. I had a good friend flying back from uh, Hawaii a couple of days ago, and now she put on the mask because Delta Airlines insisted, you know, we need you to have a mask. She had a medical exception, but she had to, Mm -hmm. you know, pull it away from her face so she could breathe. She has a medical condition that makes it very Mm -hmm. difficult to breathe. And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if it was a desk agent. Anyways, it was one of the Delta managers there in Hawaii saw her getting on the plane and they removed her from the flight because she Mm -hmm. wouldn't stop fidgeting with her mask, which she was wearing under duress anyway. And I guess she got an apology from Delta. They finally got her home. But what an incredible hassle over nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, it's psychological torture. To understand that this has nothing to do with health, all you have to do is take into account the fact that a dirty bandana qualifies as a face covering. How does a dirty bandana prevent uh, viruses from either getting in or getting out? Obviously, it doesn't. And nor do these standard throwaway face condoms that you're seeing now lying all over the ground as people throw them away. They're, they're worthless, really, as any kind of a, a, a preventative measure. If you really believed in the Wu flu and you really believed that wearing a, a, a mask was vitally important, you'd want a minimum N100 mask. Problem with that is those things cost 25 to 40 bucks, and they have to be replaced. 
So apparently Granny's life isn't worth 25 bucks a day or a couple hundred bucks a week or whatever it would take to actually wear something that could serve to stop the spread. And by the way, if we're going to do that, then I think also people should be required to wear goggles because the virus can get onto any membrane or porous surface. And Fauci has even started to talk about that. So where does this end? Are we all going to start walking around in moon suits next? No, that's uh, that's a good point. In in your column, in your face, one of the things you point out here is that uh, this this is no different in principle than forcing people to put on an armband. That's going to get some hackles yeah. up, but I think you're absolutely correct. Well, sure, the parallels, I think, at this point, ought to be obvious to any thinking person. Of course, the problem is the whole Nazi thing has been overused to the point where I, I forgot what there, there's a there's a phrase that when you bring up Hitler, you've automatically lost the argument. Godwin's but, law. Yeah. But but consider, you know, in Germany, uh, a certain category of people were compelled to wear a piece of cloth by the government to set them apart in order to turn them into a very visible pariah class. What's going on right now is the reverse. The people who aren't wearing the government decreed piece of cloth are being turned into a pariah class. People who it's fair game to assault in public, to scream at them, to yell at them, to deny them service. And the parallel to me is striking with what happened in Germany back then. Well, and, and, and where it is leading is what uh, I think causes the greatest concern for me. I know it does for you, too. It's not yeah. like it, it's going to stop here and, well, you know, as long as we can just no. get people wearing the mask. This is going somewhere darker. Much darker. Absolutely. Uh, to me, the logic is obvious that if, uh, if everybody has to wear a diaper because that's the only way to stop the spread and it's socially irresponsible to be outside without a diaper, I do not understand how you can argue against the manda- mandatory vaccines and uh, applying the same techniques that are currently being applied to the, the diapered or the undiapered for those who don't um, get the vaccination, which means if you don't produce proof that you've been vaccinated, then you may not go shopping, you may not go to restaurants, you may not go to work. Essentially, you're going to be locked down in your own house, probably fitted with an ankle bracelet. And that's actually not an exaggeration. That sort of thing is already happening. That's where this is headed. And that is why it's so important to put a stop to it. All right. We've got to take a quick break. My guest is Eric Peters. EPAutos.com is his website. If you haven't been there on a regular basis, you should really make this part of your daily routine. You'll find a lot of truth. You'll find a lot of insight. The comments from his readers are equally informative. Fantastic stuff. We'll be back just the other side of these messages. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Once again, welcome back to the show. Eric Peters from ericpetersautos.com is my guest. Eric, something that uh, I find myself doing, and I think this was actually at your behest, was I have to uh, I have to look outside of the normal circles, like to get a haircut, to get my beard trimmed, things like this. Mm-hmm. I have to go to uh, unauthorized sources <laughs> to get this done. Otherwise, you know, I mean, they won't do a beard trim even if you are wearing a mask. That's right. But but I don't want to put on the mask in order to do business. Talk to me about uh, what is it called, Samizdat. Yeah, that's a term from uh, the days of the old Soviet Union, and essentially it referred to the underground market, particularly the underground press, since, of course, the government controlled anything, and officially all you could get was the official agitprop, 
that the government was putting out. So people just did things under the table. So Samistat. So what we mean by that today is what you're talking about uh, and, and what we talked about off the air. I, you know, I recently got a haircut off the books um, by somebody who doesn't expect me to put on a diaper and play sickness kabuki in order to get my hair cut. And that scales. Uh, I began uh, engaging other people that I know who are not sickness psychotics and talking about, well, if, if they lock down everything again, what are we going to do about, for example, getting a cup of coffee? Well, maybe we can have coffee at an undisclosed location uh, where the same people can gather and, and hang out like we used to do when life was normal. Same goes for working out. No reason um, somebody can't have some weights somewhere at an undisclosed location. And those who want to work out can come and work out, and the government is none the wiser, and the Gesundheit Führers can't impose a mask mandate. Well, I, I love that you're, you're being proactive, and I love your suggestion. We can make our own alternative, but we have to find like-minded people. And, and yet we have to be mm-hmm. careful because there are the, uh, uh, the, you know, the informers out there whose job is to make sure that people are doing everything they're mandated. Yeah, America has become literally East Germany. And in East Germany, uh, you never knew who was a snitch, and it was probably uh, your next-door neighbor. It might have been somebody in your own family uh, who wouldn't say anything to you but would say something to the government and get you in trouble. So you have to be very, very selective and very careful uh, about who you broach these topics with. But once you vet somebody, and a good way to vet somebody is if they're not wearing a diaper, talk them up, uh, get friendly with them. And let them know that, hey, you know, I, I agree, you agree, we should probably keep in touch and develop these loose networks of like-minded people that can support one another, both in terms of just, hey, I'm not the only sane person left in the country, and also for the purpose of forming these Samistat underground barter free exchange things that they can't ruin for us. You build a large enough loose network, you could actually find a lot of your needs met. Well, this person understands electronics or, you know, is, is an electrical mm-hmm. or electrician, rather. This person understands mechanics. This one cuts hair. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? You might, you, maybe you'll find a dentist or something in there who's, who's willing. I already have. Oh, you have? <laughs> I already have. Again, I can't mention any names, and uh, it will occur at an undisclosed location. But yes, all of this is possible. One of the things these diaper maniacs do not want, above all, for us to understand is that there are more people out there who despise what's going on uh, than you might be aware of because of the, the forced diaper decrees. That's why they want everybody in the diaper, so that they can create the impression that everybody buys into this. A lot of people don't. And the more of us who don't, the better. And by the way, one one. Uh, a silk, how do you put it, silk, uh, silk earring out of the sow, or I forgot what the saying is, of all this fiasco, uh, is decentralization and a return to community and knowing people uh, personally and interacting with them uh, on a handshake basis, the way things once were done in this country. And it might be very healthy to get back to that to some degree, even if this whole woo-flu fever thing goes away. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you on this. And, and it, has a, it has a terribly subversive feel, which I don't know why, but that appeals to me. I want to I mm-hmm. buy a beret and, you know, I'm part of the, uh, the resistance in World War II. Yeah, well, it's ironic that just wanting to be uh, a person of goodwill and practice live and let live, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not trying to uh, tell the diapers that they can't wear their diaper. The problem is they're trying to tell us we have to wear the diaper. They are the people who are unwilling to practice live and let live. So we are now in the ironic position of being the humanitarian gentle people uh, and being portrayed as bad people for simply wanting to live and let live. Something you pointed out, too, in your column about this, uh, 
uh, Samizdat revisited is, you know, it would be nice to have a place to where people could come and gather, grab a cup of coffee, you know, mm-hmm. access free Wi-Fi. But the important yes. thing is it's not a business. They're not charging you yes. for the coffee. They're not charging you for the Wi-Fi. You want to make a donation yep. to the coffee can there by the door? Hey, feel free. But I love it. Uh, by not being a business, suddenly there's a whole plethora of regulations that don't apply to you. That's exactly right. One of the ways that the the diaper maniacs are imposing their diapering is through, of course, the, 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 the weight of the state. Businesses have to apply for permission to engage in business. And then the government can threaten the business with the revocation of their permission to do business if they don't do what the government says. But if you're not a business, you're not even on the radar, first of all. They don't know that you've got a place where people hang out and get coffee. And uh, they can't regulate you in the same way, uh, at least not under the law, because you aren't, you know, you're not you're not charging anything. People are just showing up and, hey, they want to make sure you have another cup of coffee or the pot's full tomorrow. They can throw a couple of bucks in the jar. And that's that. And that that sort of thing can be applied to um, a community gym. It can be applied to all sorts of things. And I think people out there really ought to stop and consider this. And, and get ready for it, because it might be the only way that we can live a normal life in the future. And, and also associate with other individuals who haven't submitted and haven't surrendered their mental health. Absolutely. And that's very, very important. Uh, and it goes both ways. It's important for uh, your mental health to, uh, to exert uh, your refusal and to see other people doing the same and to confirm Hey, I'm not. I'm not the only person. Sanity isn't statistical. If you remember uh, 1984 and the character Winston Smith having these monologues with himself, where he questioned his own sanity because everybody else seemed to buy into what was going on around him, and he would think, "Am I nuts? Or are they right?" No, the, the rest of the world may be entirely off of its rocker. Doesn't mean that you are. Eric, we got about two and a half minutes left here. Let's shift sure. gears and talk about um, the electric car version of the face diaper. Uh, you wrote you wrote up something on yeah. the 2022 GMC Hummer. Really? Yeah. They're going to do an electric version of the Hummer? Yeah, and it just points out the fatuity of the whole electric car thing, which is not even any longer being talked about in terms of uh, its economy or its practicality, since it hasn't got that. So they have to double down and talk about uh, how high performance it is. So now we have this monstrous electric Hummer uh, with the equivalent of a 1,000 horsepower supercharged V8, an 800 volt battery pack. And you can only imagine how much energy and resources went into building a battery pack that size and how much energy is gratuitously wasted powering a battery that size. It's The effrontery of it is startling. You're consuming probably five times as many resources as would go into something like a little Toyota Corolla. But the little Toyota Corolla isn't the virtue-signaling electric car, so it's very bad, whereas the electric Hummer is very, very good. Is this something that's going to see subsidies similar to what uh, Elon Musk has seen with with his uh, Tesla cars? Well, sure, they all do. Uh, Electric cars as a class uh, get subsidies, and they get multi-tiered subsidies, um, chiefly, for example, in the form of extortion. They don't call it that, of course. They call it carbon trading credits. Uh, so, you know, the people that build these electric cars can extort money from companies that don't build them but have to produce a certain number of so-called zero emissions or clean vehicles. Then the carbon credit operates as a kind of uh, substitute for having actually built the car. But it's a form of uh, strong-arm robbery. It's extortion. It's no different than having Luca Brasi make you an offer you can't refuse. Nice. Nice. We're, we're down to about a minute here. Let's take a minute to talk about uh, your website. So for people who have not been to ericpetersautos.com, what can they expect to find there? 
Oh, a little bit of everything. Uh, stuff about new cars and what's going on in the business. Stuff about classic cars, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, stuff about motorcycles, both new and uh, and classic, and of course these philosophical uh, and political topics that touch on cars and motorcycles and mobility, but also are broader than that. And I think it's an interesting, if you'll pardon the double entendre, vehicle for uh, starting a discussion about those things. Here, here, you've got some fine sponsors. If you want to give them a quick shout out, sure. I endorse and use the Valentine One radar detector. Um, I also endorse Amsoil products, uh, oil filters, uh, cleaning products, etc. Their stuff is really top shelf. And again, I only uh, I only plug for things that I use myself and buy myself. Eric, great to talk with you again. I look forward to next week. Also, Ryan, thank you for having me on. This is the Brian Hyde Show.